0: This week's episode is brought to you in partnership with Zero Procure, who are here to make procurement simple. Zero Procure harnesses a network of specialists to ensure that businesses are working with the right suppliers at the right price. Hospitality Meets is delighted to partner with the Zero Procure team and their network to help keep this podcast accessible and free to listen to. Please get in touch with them for a chat, just click on their link in the show notes, or visit their site at zeroprocure.com forward slash podcast. Welcome to Hospitality Meets with me, Phil Street, where each week we take a light-hearted look into the stories and individuals that make up the wonderful world of hospitality. Today's guest is Katerina Reiser, front office manager at Jury's in Birmingham and absolute rising star of the hotel world. Coming up on today's show... Katerina reveals that not all offices are made equally.
1: Working in the middle of Manhattan in New York on on a very high building in an office where your canteen overlooks to Empire State Building.
0: Phil tests how high he can get his voice.
1: Uh, Would we we say lucky enough?
0: And Katerina hints that housekeeping may not have been for her.
1: It takes me about half an hour to do a duvet and a bed, you know, (laughs) not even considering that the whole room needs to get done with that time or less
0: all that and so much more as katarina talks us through her story and journey to date in many ways katarina is just getting started but she's already leaving a positive mark on the industry and we'll be charting her progress with interest we're here each week telling the stories of the amazing people within hospitality so please don't forget to give us a like share and a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening it really does make a huge difference enjoy Hello and welcome to the next episode of Hospitality Meets with me, your host, Phil Street. Now, I've had the fortune of meeting today's guest through her continued work and support of the Institute of Hospitality, where she's incredibly active through networking and being the now co-chair of the IOH's first ever Youth Council. And we'll talk about that in a minute, I'm sure. (laughs) For her day job, she is the front office manager at Jury's in Birmingham, a 445 bedroom city centre property in the heart of the UK's second largest city. That sounds busy. I am (laughs) delighted to welcome the absolute rising star that is Katerina Reiser.
1: Very good morning, Phil. You certainly did your um, background work and research, so well done on that one. (laughs) Thank you very
0: much. It's something that I didn't do when I first started this, and and you get found out very, very quickly. Whilst I can't hope to know everything about you, little bits and pieces here and there just help things move along. Was all of that accurate, by the way?
1: No, absolutely. It's very, very accurate. And um, as you said, it definitely is busy. And getting busier and busier, even, I mean, we can't imagine it, but it is. <laughs> so we're just trying to get uh, and keep up with everything, I guess. But it's uh, it's all part of the fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, 445 bedrooms is a big property.
1: It certainly is. And I think it's, I want to say, one of the largest in Birmingham. We do have um, other hotels around who come to that size uh, close enough. Yeah. Um, but I think we are... I might be wrong, but I, I, I'm going to be proudly saying that yes, we are one of the biggest. <laughs>
0: yeah, I think there's the there's the Hilton, is it the Metropole or something like that? That's in it's. I don't know if from a rooms base if it's bigger, but certainly I think it's got one of the biggest banqueting suites in all of Europe.
1: Yes, you might be right. Um, and then we do have yeah a couple of other bigger ones around. That, um, Hyatt is one of them that comes height wise almost as as tall as us as well. But yes.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, that's not about them. This is about you. (laughs)
1: Um,
0: How are you anyway?
1: I'm really good. Thank you very much. Yeah. Just um, this morning, even the weather is starting to actually show some um, summer finally, which is pretty crazy because I'm quite um, tired of putting the same scarf on that I've been doing for the nine months.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's Um, been a funny old year, isn't it? on uh, On the weather front.
1: Oh yes, and you know, as we you, I think you all always start most of your podcasts with weather talks. No. <laughs> yes,
0: and and you know, I recorded one yesterday. and We did exactly the same thing. It's it's the, it's the most British of British things to do is to talk yeah. about the weather.
1: And even the foreigners like myself adapt that, that. You would you look at that? We're not yeah. going to go too much into detail for that, but yeah, no, work-wise as well, and well, personal life and work life both. It's just I know how to keep myself busy and um. I've always known that and it's just never it never stops even even when the pandemic was on and full full on going I managed to still get myself really busy with everything and anything and um, I didn't even feel like there was furlough.
0: <laughs> really yeah I, I mean that, that's the thing though when people who like to stay busy will always find ways oh, to yes. stay busy.
1: yeah. And when it quiets down for me or when there is a day that I uh, have not really much planned, then I genuinely do nothing. And I, and then I feel a bit guilty that, oh, I actually didn't get up to anything today. Let's, <laughs> let's change that.
0: Yeah, don't beat yourself up too much. You need the down days as well.
1: Oh, yes, everybody does.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, let's get stuck in then. Let's go all the way back to the beginning of your career. How did you end up? getting into hospitality in the first place where did the spark come from
1: yeah well I guess it's um it's been part of me almost most of my life I think and it's not like I'm trying to sound I'm super old already (laughs) I'm not but uh well I I think I'm not but um I guess it all goes back about maybe 15 years or so when a really young age when I was a teenager my mom was part of the catering company a manager in there, uh, which then actually eventually became her own company. But I started off very small with her just during the summertime when the school wasn't running. We had like these outdoor catering events for companies who were doing their like staff days out or whatnot. And we were catering just like barbecuing and, and all sorts of that kind of stuff from early hours setting up and then going through the day and then finishing quite late in the evening but it was always super fun and it wasn't that I was doing too much in there but like selling ice cream you know starting off very small and then I always had a little bit of a bossy gene i think in me my brother got <laughs> my well, brother we'll have to explore this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah we'll see but yeah my brother was uh, under a terror most of the younger ages i guess uh, younger years but then i started to t- take over from my mom quite quickly when the years went by and when we were setting up for these events and putting all the outdoor tents up which is sometimes a bit of a looks like a rocket science (laughs) so yeah you
0: you do need a master's degree don't you in in oh yeah tent building
1: putting these numbers together and poles and what length and that you know it's 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 not as easy as as easy as you think
0: no and you get what you pay for when it comes to tents as well i have <laughs> learned this the hard way we, we did a, a stag do once in uh, down in cornwall in the middle of july i think that's quite a safe a safe time to go to yeah. cornwall the worst storm that they'd ever had in july came in that weekend and we'd built our tents and my tent collapsed around me at three o'clock in the morning and it was just blowing a a gale outside and i literally just wrapped my tent around me like a sleeping bag and that's how i slept
1: that is certainly a story to talk about
0: yeah i'm not sure i've ever got over that to be honest i i I still have never been camping again
1: yeah i was gonna ask you you know when was the next time but i was i'm not surprised that you have never gone again yeah (laughs) But yes so and then later on um when I got a little bit older as well um it was the, the catering company was still going and you know weddings were happening and all sorts of kind of different events and then eventually from actually at the same time that I was going to school sometimes after school I went to work in the bistro and then I got into a restaurant uh, doing my whole summer in there. And then I actually took a little break in, in hospitality um, as such. And when I finished high school in Estonia, I um, moved over to US um, and I became a nanny for two years, which it does um, entail a little bit of hospitality, I guess. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and then after that adventure, I came back to UK, uh, went went to uni and started my degree but at the same time, we're still working in a bar, um, actually in uni itself. And then I took another break from hospitality and actually went to reinsurance broking for a year, believe it or not. Obviously. Uh, yeah. <laughs> very, it was a very straightforward uh, decision and, you know, kind of a path to go. <laughs> um, Sometimes and, you do these
0: things to remind you of why you were on a path in the first place, right?
1: Exactly, exactly. Um, it was, a, it was a worth going off, off the trail a little bit and, and experiencing something new and, you know, working in the middle of Manhattan in New York. On a on a very high building in an office uh, where your canteen overlooks to Empire State Building. Wow. Yeah, and dream come true, hey. Um, yeah. And actually, Pick that box. in a way, <laughs> in a way, it certainly was. And then once this, um, it was it was a placement year, so it was a twelve month kind of um, track of the uni unique forces. And then I came back to UK and to Bradford where I was studying and my dad was like, so you're coming from New York and going back to the bar in Bradford in the UK. And I was like, yes. (laughs) And I was actually uh, quite happy to, you know, that was my natural habitat, so to say. And, 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 and I really did enjoy it there. Um, And the best part of it was that when all of the students were uh, spending money and drinking on Fridays and Saturdays and well, All around the week, really, that I got to work and be still part of that fun, but uh, actually earn money. (laughs) So that was a really, really good thing. And then um, when I when I graduated university, I was looking for a graduate program, and that was my very specific condition that I wanted to get into a graduate program, not just not just to go on a on a specific job. And it took me a while to actually get somewhere. And then, of course, at the busiest time of my life, just before the official graduation was happening when I was, you know, flying around Europe. <laughs> I found the graduate program with Jersey and Leonardo hotels and I applied for it. And when I was in Germany, not planning to come back to UK for about a month or two, they called me to come and to do the assessment center in UK. So I was like, OK, then <laughs> found, found another flight and um, got to UK for about 12 hours and <laughs> to do the assessment center and then fly back to Germany and I was successful and it paid off and honestly I wouldn't go back um any any other way and and I've been part of the Juris in and Leonardo Hotels now almost 3 years so I graduated my graduate program uh, officially <laughs> just about a month ago and, and oh okay yeah so it got very official and and obviously I stayed on and continued with the company and we'll see where that journey now takes me
0: yeah Absolutely. Well, there's a couple of things to unpack within all of that.
2: First, <laughs> yeah. first,
0: first of all, the, the, the travel element yes. and, the, the, and taking you to the, the US to, do, to, to be an au pair. And how, how long did you say you did that for two years?
1: So I did that for two years. I went for one year and uh, believe it or not, so I was, I was going to be an au pair for 12 months and then go back to Estonia as a good child and kid and, um, and go and study law. Uh, that was my very specific plan at the time. Right. That just changed very quickly when I got to US. <laughs> right. But yeah, I was there for two years with the, with the family. And, and that was one of the best things that I could have done, really, because they have become my second family. And I would never, ever, they are like almost my blood family because we, we became very very close and we're still very very well in in touch and keep up and it's just like my own kids kind of growing up there because now they're teenagers and I can't believe that because they used to be just very very little when I started yeah. with them but yeah
0: yeah and, and the and what do you think that experience brought to you in terms of the yeah uh, because I, I travel comes in many forms I think travel for me is just about taking yourself away from the place that you're comfortable yeah and you certainly did that not notwithstanding the fact that you have changed countries massive change in culture massive change in people you're now living with a different family as well how did you cope with all of that or did it kind of just kind of come naturally to you
1: surprisingly it did actually come quite naturally to me that was one of the first flights that I ever took believe it or not right Um, (laughs) so I had actually been just on my first ever flight on that year a couple of months before that to go from Estonia to Austria other than that it it used to be just a bus travel or what you know kind of whatever around Europe and or car but mainly bus travel, but I had been almost all around Europe from, you know, north to south to west to not too much to east, because that would take me to Russia. (laughs)
0: Yeah, well, we don't need to go there today. No, um,
1: (laughs) but yeah, and and I I, I was, you know, always very, very grateful and and really happy to see all of the Europe, and, and I knew that traveling was something that I, well, actually, no, I'm lying here. I didn't know at the time that traveling would be such a big part and something that I would really enjoy that much but then it was one of the first flights and the whole flight story is a completely different story and something <laughs> that sounds like things that wouldn't happen to somebody in a lifetime oh, but... on. <laughs> oh no I can't I... leave that
0: out there <laughs>
1: <laughs> no so yeah, well, Estonia is such a small place, so you, when you go and usually fly somewhere like US, you would have to go and change the flight somewhere. So I did. I don't even remember that change that much or anything, but the flight that I was on from, I think I changed in... I want to say in Germany but I don't remember too much now might have been Finland <laughs> but when I got to the flight that took me to New York at the time I sat somewhere all the way to the end of the big airplane like it was two seats and then I guess four seats and two or two and three and two something like that right and then I, I had sat down in in the back of the airplane and we're starting to get ready you know kind of taxiing and getting up in the air well that wasn't I, I don't know if we got to the air at the time. A lot of fat details are fuzzy, I guess, <laughs> because it was so many years ago. But then at some point, a gentleman came to approach me and said that, "Well, would you would you mind swapping the seats? Because like my partner is just sitting right next to you, and we kind of want to spend the flight together." I was like, "Yeah, well, n- no problem. Like, I don't mind. I, I don't really care where I'm sitting on this plane because you know it doesn't matter." And yeah. I was like, "So where's your seat?" Well his seat was in the first class
0: (laughs) welcome to your first ever flight
1: (laughs) so um yes so i swapped with him and i was like sure no problem and i felt like an alien in that first class people looked at me like why are you here (laughs) but i was so grateful that i actually had that because i got really really bad headache on that flight like something that would make you like extremely sick Right. In the first class, at least you can put the seat down and kind of lay down, and and that really got me through the flights because I yeah it's a long flight as well I guess about seven eight hours mm-hmm. so it all went so well and I I'm so grateful that it all happened but it's um but it's just um. Yeah, I didn't really expect that at the time, you know. Yeah,
0: and I can Um, never fly in economy again.
1: (laughs) Oh, I got spoiled with that in the U.S. My host family, um, whenever we fly, because they took me everywhere that we really went, um, which I can't tell you how grateful I am for all of that, because they showed me so much of U.S., But a lot of times we were either in in like business class or first class because my my host mom used to uh, fly a lot before the pandemic. So we just had the chances to do that. And or sometimes it was, you know, not particularly in the first class, but it it still was really comfortable flight experiences. (laughs) Um, And now, you know, I'm back in Europe. And because the direct flight from UK to Estonia is Ryanair, and that's what I'm on usually. So not right. that I'm complaining, they get me from A to B.
0: <laughs> yeah, as long as they yeah, I mean that's that's objective number one, right? The as long as they uh, as they arrive, then that's I mean that that's all up in the air at the moment, pardon yep, the pun. That's, um, that's a it's good such thing. fun to travel at the moment. But anyway.
1: <laughs> but yeah, so um but traveling definitely became then a really, really big part of me. And of course, now living in a completely different country, but all of my family and friends, well, not all of my friends, but a lot of my long-term friends still live back in Estonia. So that means that I actually fly quite often. And it's not just, unfortunately, unfortunately not just for a holiday, <clears throat> which is still a little bit of a holiday when I go home because I'm not technically at work or anything. But but yeah, it's um, it's just part of me now. And I wouldn't really quite imagine that any other way now and and i'm really hoping to incorporate that more into my whole hospitality career um as we as we go forward
0: yep so within the graduate program that you're on the apprenticeship program just talk us through because people have perceptions of what our graduate program might look like but some listeners might not have a clue so just talk us through what your program kind of exposed you to
1: yeah, so um, graduate program, why it was so attractive to me at the time was because it was always designed to be in different departments. It doesn't really matter where I think you do your graduate program, but you always go through certain elements of the business. You, you get to experience different sides of it. And I, I think that's the whole Kind of concept of it, and this was a management graduate program, so it was kind of the fact that you started all the way from the bottom. I was super, super lucky again, like in a way, like I was in the US with the family because, unfortunately, not all of the out pairs have as good of an experience as I did. Sure, um, I I think a little bit, and maybe that sounds <laughs> a little bit cocky at the times, but I I was very very lucky with the hotel that I got and and the team that was in there because. As, as the graduate program is designed, I managed to go through every single department of, of the hotel. And the first hotel that I went into was Leonardo Royal Grand Harbour in Southampton, just right at the docks. Yeah. Um, and that hotel- I've actually had... stayed in
0: that hotel. Oh, did you? Yeah, but it wasn't- was it a good experience. It, <laughs> it was, yeah. Because uh, it, it if I've got the right hotel, is it uh, did it used to be a De Yeah.
1: Yes, it used to be demure. the one that looked yeah. a bit like pyramid.
0: Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, I, we used to because st- I used to uh, sail out of Southampton oh, on hi. cruise ships, and as a staff member, crew member, not mm-hmm. I wasn't off on cruises all the time, <laughs> and um, yeah, and that was one of the hotels of choice, really, uh, if you were overnighting before you would join the next day. Yes,
1: yes, that's what it still is. Um, you know, sometimes there was some of this stuff. Members, but um, mostly and mainly the cruise passengers who either come or go from the cruises, they stop in Southampton and they would. Well, it's one of the few hotels that it, that is so close to the terminals and everything. So, but yeah, uh, all in all, that hotel actually had every single department that you could imagine a hotel really having. You know, from a Marco Pier White steakhouse to just a bar that serves just a different crowd to really big conference area and like. Uh, meeting rooms to spa and obviously then reception and and, and housekeeping and everything else so yeah I, I went to my very natural and already a department that I had experienced a lot so I started with the Marco White Steakhouse I was there for a month or a month and a half then I moved to the bar again something quite familiar to me then the whole Christmas period came and all the Christmas parties and so on. So I moved to the uh, meetings and events department. Again, something that I have already been part of, but uh, new things to learn. Because in hotel, it it's all kind of operates a little bit differently. But then when the new year had passed, I started in reception, something that I had never done before. And I was like, mm, don't know, like I have never used a system before. That was something a little bit maybe scary at the time because I genuinely had no idea what I, what I should and would expect in there. But very, very quickly, that became my favorite department <laughs> as my role now reflects front office manager. And yeah, well, unfortunately or fortunately, then the pandemic happened. We would have, with the graduate program, we would have had to change the hotel at that time so in my graduate program, we, we should have changed the hotel twice. So we would have done three hotels all together. And right. the first hotel was meant to be the one where you do all the departments. And then the second hotel more when you're in a duty manager role. And then the third hotel when you start getting into like a head of department role. So either just kind of assistant somewhere and then working your way up and then securing the head of department position or whichever way, you know, it works for anybody and everybody. But yeah, ours went very, very differently. So then the pandemic happened. I was extremely lucky and grateful to the general manager, um, Andy Gray, at, at Grand Harbor Hotel because he took me as one of his small team to close the hotel. So obviously the day came when we had to, well, he had to announce that we're closing the hotel and most of the people will go on furlough. But then some people had to stay to close the hotel. And for me, that was a bit of a surprise because I had only been in the hotel about eight, nine months compared to obviously a lot of people who had been there for years sometimes. Yeah. But um, yeah, that was one of the biggest compliments that he could have told me really. And I did stay there and I was one of the last ones to leave the hotel once we we actually shut it completely down after a couple of weeks from the announcement. And then I was one of the first ones to come back as well. And then I was one of the very, very few ones, even from that small team who then kept working five days a week because of it, just the front office was the main one that we you know, needed the people on. Um, mm. And not everybody had as much of a experience with the systems and so on. So I stayed in there. Then obviously we had to close the hotel again after few months (laughs) which again I was one of the last ones with a couple of other people to leave the hotel and then the hotel was shut but then very soon I had an opportunity to go and work in one of our hotels in uh, Heathrow airport when that was turned into a quarantine hotel right so that was a little bit of a couple couple of months project and then I went back to open (laughs) the Grand Harbour and we got that all on a full swing it all came back very quickly and and it definitely got really busy very very soon after the reopening but then I managed to secure the position in Birmingham and then the transition period was a little bit of a time where I just wrapped everything up in Grand Harbour and then came over to Birmingham and then that's where I have been ever since but the yeah the graduate program definitely really really helped with a lot of it and I did manage to see almost every single department and and that's that's what I wanted and that's what I got.
0: Yeah and I suppose then it allows you to make a a better decision for some something that feels right for you right as opposed to I suppose uh, I don't know. Starting life as a as a waiter in a restaurant, yeah. and then just working up through the restaurant, you wouldn't necessarily then get the exposure into the uh, the other side of the business. Uh, just you know, those over there. That, yeah, exactly. Um, what do they um, do over there?
1: <laughs> yeah, no, hundred percent. And um, it just makes me a lot more comfortable. Being in a hotel as well, especially as a as a duty manager, I suppose, because I, I I know that I can and help any any department that I need really. If it's housekeeping, I would say mm, maybe not today, <laughs> but that's and and I'm only saying that because I know how hard work that is, and mm-hmm. I cannot say how grateful and thankful we are, especially in Birmingham as well, to the, all of the housekeeping team that works here because what they do is just absolutely crazy work and crazy job and to manage all of these bedrooms uh, in a, such a short period of time as well it's it, it takes me about half an hour to do a duvet and a bed you know <laughs> not even considering that the whole room needs to get done with that time or less yeah. so no I would always go anywhere and, and help any department that needs needs helping and and that's what the whole graduate program gave me and and that's what um the pandemic really gave me as well because you just had to you didn't have anybody else um, in there helping out yeah and i think every manager especially in hospitality and and if you're in a hotels, you should know kind of where these people are coming from and what they're doing daily basis because if you don't know i think it's a lot harder to make effective and efficient decisions day you know day in and out because you would say that oh they didn't do this again or they didn't do that but do you know how to consider why this yeah. wasn't done or you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And actually that point on housekeeping, I think it's such a good one. I mean, you, you take anybody who works out of in housekeeping out of the equation, right? You don't have a hotel. No. Basically. End no. of. And I remember I had was lucky enough to have Joanne Taylor Stag on here, who's the general manager of the Athenaeum in London. And she was saying that, that her housekeeping team have been grateful that they were able to get back up to capacity fairly quickly, because they didn't want her anywhere near the housekeeping. Because you know, <laughs> as you say, they do. They have a system. It's efficient. They they know what they've got to do. She comes in. She's like, "What do I doing? You know, yeah. I've got an idea, but I, you know, is this the right? You know, and all of that sort of stuff." So, it's um, yeah. Every business is no job is more important than the other, right? It's um, it's all part of the same machine.
1: Yeah. Exactly. And I think um, on that on that note as well, as you said, you know, in a hotel, you can't have a hotel if you don't have housekeeping team. Mm. If you for some reason need to close, let's say, restaurant or bar. Yes, great. I mean, not great, but um, there's lots of them around just outside the hotel as well, usually. But if you don't have a bedroom to give to a person, that's where it really just comes. And that was what it was during the pandemic and lockdown as well you could only operate with with the bedrooms you couldn't operate you know the bars and the restaurants if they weren't outdoors they were closed and you couldn't yeah. open them but you have to have housekeeping to do the bedrooms because otherwise you don't have a business
0: yeah absolutely so now you're you're leading a team how have you found that transition into to leadership
1: you know as i mentioned earlier it, there's the, the bossy gene was always there <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have to if uh, you want to be a good leader you've got to rein the bossy in back oh
1: 100 percent and I think that's what I have really learned over the time so despite the graduate program helping me with the whole managerial uh, part of the business and kind of getting into the role I didn't really get to the whole team leading part until I got to Birmingham
2: yeah. because
1: in in Grand Harbour I was more of a team player than team leader in general yes in department sometimes I had to you know take the take the lead and and sort some things out but I was never a head of department there or or a kind of a manager of a team I was a manager but just in a different perspective when I got to Birmingham that's when I got a a team and in in Birmingham as you you know we mentioned it's 445 bedrooms so it's not the smallest team especially in reception Mm. so it was quite a lot of people under me and definitely not as many as some other managers have but as a as somebody doing first time kind of the thing and getting the reins of it 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 was a sufficient amount (laughs) and yeah it definitely took time to to get in there and and get get hold of it and get an idea of what it actually means to be ahead of that team and, and, and leading them. And actually, one of the questions that the general manager at the time asked me when, when she interviewed me, she asked me quite straightforwardly that, you know, we do have a quite a strong team in, in reception in here. So how do you think you would fit in and how do you think that you would make the changes? And I was really honest, and I said that listen i'm I'm actually quite glad to hear that there's a strong team because I have a lot to learn from them and and if we need to change anything or do anything, then I would do that together with them and I think that's one of the biggest things in me as a as a manager or as a leader. I am part of them. It's not that I'm above them or or anything like that. I am part of them and and we yeah. work together and and I want you know i as many managers hopefully would say i would never ask them to do something that i would never do myself yeah so despite being a head of department i still get into operations quite a lot you know reception desk and so on and i want to be there and I, you know i have to be there because otherwise i wouldn't really know what's going on daily basis if i would sit in an office all day and 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 do everything else that i need to mm. but i've I've learned so much about myself definitely while being the leader i i know that i can't be very <laughs> angry and um you know um negative and serious because i just don't know how to do that i want to solve things in a positive way and i every person has its own their own story you know if there's something that's not quite functioning well or if there's something that's going a little bit off tracks or or sideways there's a reason for that and I am there to be a leader to find these reasons out and find out how we can amend these things and how we can make sure that that person can thrive in the role so definitely many many things and a lot of things still to learn but one thing that I do know is that as a leader I want to be there to progress and help these people to progress um, and make sure that they get somewhere and yes in hospitality it's hard to keep people sometimes and the turn turnover is quite big um, in terms of stuff and they tend to go off somewhere but I don't mind that I actually would love them to do that and especially when they go and do and get to somewhere higher in a position like if we can't for example you know offer that to them at the time because of the vacancies being full I would be quite happy for them to go and pursue something higher somewhere else. At least that I know that, you know, they have learned that and they're confident to go and do that.
0: Yeah. I, the, um, if it's the time to fly, let them fly. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Another wonderful cliche from me there.
1: <laughs>
0: As always. Um, no, that's that's cool. Um, so let's talk about the. The Youth Council. Well, let's talk about the IOH in general. So, uh, funnily enough, this is weird, right? Because we just did a podcast on this last week. So, (laughs) uh, look out for that on the other podcast that I host. Exactly. I think I might have plugged this podcast last time on that one, and now I'm doing vice versa, but whatever. (laughs) So, uh, how did you get involved with the IOH in the first place?
1: Well... You know, I did tell you that I like to keep myself busy and, you know, even though there's 445 bedrooms to manage and the team, there's still yeah. time for everything I've else, a, right? I've got a
0: spare 10 minutes this week, so uh, <laughs> how can I fail that?
1: So. Yeah, well, that's pretty much um, yeah how it was, I guess. Um, at the time when I got involved with the Institute of Hospitality, that was, I think, a year ago, last year in January, February time, I believe, uh, which was still a little bit of the whole pandemic time. So we had a lot more time, right? But then, you know, it had to continue. So that's something that I'm now trying to find time for. (laughs) But at the time, uh, it was actually Libby Davis, who uh, used to be my colleague, who then went off to do different things and now is doing event management which is definitely something that she's really good at um but she got onto institute of hospitality and got into the mentoring program and she was lucky enough to have uh, robert richardson as a mentor for well, her would we, would we say lucky enough <laughs> I, 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 I don't know I don't this know. is recorded phil <laughs> i can't say yeah. much in here <laughs> <laughs> So um, she was the one who then kind of got me along and I wanted to get to the mentor program. And I, I as much as I, I thought that I can do a good job, I, I think I could do better if, if somebody else kind of shows me or guides me in some some little other ways. Yeah. Um, and I managed to get on on, on into hospitality and the first thing that I did was to sign up for the mentor uh, me program which is absolutely great in in IOH. And I, I was paired up with a mentor and her name is Sarah Ballinger. And I could have not imagined that being a better match at the time because we are literally... I'm just a little bit younger version of her. So she's gone through anything and everything and and daily life personality wise and everything. We we know what it's like and we just understand each other really really well because we're just so similar. Yeah. And she's a little bit no. I I guess I'm a little bit like her but she she likes to travel and and she she's she's great at it and she flies all around the world now as well for her job. But then a few months down the line, Robert Richardson was, you know, um, put in a position of CEO, which is, has gone, I think, really well. And uh, he kind of did a little shout out in LinkedIn. Well, I, LinkedIn was the channel that I got onto, but um, to put together the Youth Council. Yep. And as I still had some time to fill, you know, in my daily life and calendar. Don't,
0: don't, don't <laughs> seven minutes now.
1: Yep. Yeah, exactly. I reached out to him and I said that I um, you know, would love to be part of it and would love to be part of that idea and kind of get involved with the whole younger parts and younger generations of um hospitality but in Institute of hospitality as well and then it's just all kind of started to roll very quickly and we got together as a team in youth council and all of these people were super fantastic our ideas matched everybody kind of brought something different on onto the on the board but it all blended blended in really well and we we just started to kind of do our thing and um and now, year forward, I think we've been quite successful on what we're doing. And um, we just done our first live event as well, which was super exciting and went really well. And, and we just proved to ourselves as well that this is why we're doing it. And this is what we want to see more. And this is the people that we want to do it together with and and kind of march forward and have them on the backside of you know all of that as well because there's Mm. so much out there there's so much talent there's so much knowledge and it comes everywhere every side of the hospitality really it's not just hotels or restaurants or bars all of the other sides of the business are involved as well and it's it's just so great to see and I would have definitely not imagined all of that going that direction when we first started and when I first joined Institute of Hospitality I I would have I had no idea. But at the time, you couldn't even have an idea because that didn't exist. Yeah. So thanks to Robert, it all kind of materialized. And we're hoping that this will kind of be forever kind of thing now going forward and supporting the younger talent and giving them the little push and confidence that they need.
0: Yeah. But also it bridges the gap between generations. Yeah. It puts it gives everybody a seat at the table, and that's the thing that I like about it the most, is that in order to affect anything positively, you have to keep as many people as possible at exactly. the table for that discussion. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it, you know, having giving everybody a voice in whatever is being discussed. I think is is great, I, but also the creativity comes in many different forms from many different places. So.
1: Yeah, and that's what we've definitely seen as well, and and the response that I, we have gotten back from other, like AIH members or student members in the Institute of Hospitality has been just so so positive, and there are people who want to get involved, and, and there are people who want to kind of match the same purposes that we are we are kind of preaching about, and you know, to to make sure that other people know that hospitality is a career, you know. we've all started somewhere and we've all done kind of the nice bar jobs in a uni bar where you have the rugby teams doing all the pleasant stuff on their socials and you know
0: drinking responsibly i think it's called, isn't it
1: oh yes so (laughs) so responsible oh my goodness i couldn't even imagine it any other way yeah so it's it's a nice job to have at the time i'm surprised that i stayed in hospitality after that (laughs) but no but it is the fun part but just kind of giving the people the idea the young people especially and their families i guess (laughs) that um you can progress and you can progress so fast um you know me who i had never been in hotels before i am leading a reception team in a hotel that has 445 bedrooms it's just something that Again, I would have never imagined even when I started the graduate program. Yeah. But within just a couple of years, even despite the fact that the pandemic was in between and, and all of the hotels were shut, and you know, I still got there and, and I have such a long way to go up. But I know that it's possible and I know that I can do it. Just, I just need to kind of want it um, yeah. and, and put myself out there. But that's, that's what it's all about. And I think that's what we want everybody to kind of know and understand as well.
0: Yeah, here. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And keep surrounding yourself with good people who, who give you advice. doesn't have to be good advice all the time, but just to, you know, to, to help broaden your own view of something, it's good to be it's surrounded best by people. If
1: it's not good advice at all times, because otherwise yeah. you wouldn't know what the good advice is. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's very true. And sometimes you can't know if it's good advice until you actually put yourself in a situation absolutely. whereby you're acting no it out. Or bad right?
1: advice. Yeah, yeah, because that indeed. also helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: Awesome. So um, from your career so far, do you have any uh, any funny stories that spring to mind? I mean, apart from being upgraded to first class in a
1: jet. <laughs> you know, hospitality itself is um, quite a funny thing itself, I guess. And I think that the funniest parts are the ones that you don't always realise at the time that it's funny. But when you are in a hotel on a kind of Friday afternoon evening when you know you have almost a full hotel coming in and then just everything can go absolutely you know i don't know what's the appropriate word here to use um but everything just yeah happens at the same time you know nothing during the week it's all nice smooth everything goes well but then when you need everything to run super well that's when everything just goes downhill you you know your fire alarm goes off or you know perhaps um the lift malfunctions or you know what and and it's not like you know three o'clock this happens five o'clock this happens no 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 it all happens at three or five yeah. when just you know you don't need it to happen
0: when that and big when table just... of 20 comes in
1: yeah exactly the one yeah. that you missed out from the list mm-hmm. um <laughs> i think that's when you then couple of days look back in your life <laughs> <laughs> how did we even do this like how is that even possible but i think that's the beauty of hospitality and and those funny stories or fun stories they definitely happen all the time so it's hard to pick the best ones out i think but it's certainly just the kind of a uh, small things aligning at the wrong time <laughs> um, but yeah but they, like,
0: they teach you essential scales really you know because because that's kind of life really here we go i'm going deep again oh very deep um, yeah but you know stuff happens all the time and actually your ability to respond to it
1: um you You, you know you need to learn how to not walk out of the door at the time (laughs) because that's maybe something that you definitely want to do at the time but no, you're right. And it, it's certainly the, the resilience. I think that's one of the biggest things. And I think nowadays, resilience is something that you you just have to have. Because there are always so many things happening. It might not just be at the work or, you know, it might be the personal life or, or whatever. But I think what you, what you learn from them is that, okay, everything happens at that time and it's not great. And you, you might not know what to do then but then you realize after you know it's it all passes and there is a solution yeah. to absolutely everything and everything it's not like the world uh, will touch wood but it's not going to collapse on you <laughs> because yeah please do a, touch wood yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it just there's a solution genuinely for every single situation and you can always get out of it you might not know the answer at the time But you will find it. And in hospitality, if you don't know how to find it, there is somebody next to you who will. Um, Because that's what it just brings together, isn't it? It brings together all of these people with different experiences in in their own lives, personal lives, with different experience from their work life. And there's a solution somewhere in there. You just, yeah, and you might not even know that these people could help you in those ways but then situations like that definitely bring it out and yeah that's when it really just turns into a bit of an anecdote afterwards you're like <laughs> you know what happened this happened
0: oh yeah and so, the, yeah. these anecdotes come up in your mind at the most inappropriate moments as well like you i'll remember stories from you know when i was a right old ragamuffin when i was out <laughs> used to tear it up i did and um you know and then i think to myself god was that me did i you know, back in my early career, did I really do that? My <laughs> God, I need to sit down with that young man and give him a piece of my mind. But um yeah. no, I mean, but that's, you know, that's all part of development, right? And you...
1: 100%.
0: I think the key thing with all of that is, is as you said, you know, there's always going to be somebody who knows more than you. So, yeah, you know, and also be in a, a position, I suppose, when stuff does go wrong, if you did everything that you could to prevent that, then just own the fact that that happened. And, you know, it's just one of those things we we learn. Let's try and make sure it doesn't happen again and we all move forward.
2: Exactly. Um,
0: Great. So um, final question before I let you get on your way. What would be your top three reasons for someone to come and join hospitality?
1: Oh, you know, um, I think choosing the three out of everything is very hard.
0: (laughs) I'm glad to hear it.
1: <laughs> um well, did you want me to say that oh I only have two so we might need to think about yeah. everyone else? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Um for myself I think one of the biggest things is flexibility. Yes, you sometimes have some crazy hours and whatnot and but for me, I've always been the type of a person who loves to sleep in the morning. So For me, doing, like, evening shifts, I would be still awake at 11, you know, p.m., midnight. doesn't matter whether I'm working in the morning or not. Yeah. But during the evening shift where I get to just sleep in the morning and then... um, get on with my day a little bit later on, that just helps. But then at the same time, sometimes it's really good to just work, wake up really early in the morning when everything is just super quiet and you you walk to work and you're like, oh, it's actually really nice when in the, the whole city hasn't woken up yet. So it's good to see the contrast, but it's just the flexibility because I I don't know many other jobs in other industries where you can say that, oh, this Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm taking off and going to you know somewhere where I have never been in england or even abroad sometimes you know if you're really adventurous yeah and 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 it's actually good because the weekends are busiest everywhere anywhere anyway so if you take the time off in the middle of the week to go somewhere you actually get to experience properly as it is because you don't need to think about the big crowds or or you know things like that so
0: damn good point that is yeah god i'd never thought of that
1: did you not actually Hmm. no
0: yeah, that, that's the, you're the first person that's ever said that. Yeah. <laughs> really?
1: Okay. Well, yeah. there we go. That that goes down in history with me. <laughs>
2: yeah, absolutely.
1: But no, I, I've I've experienced that so much, and I do find not yeah, not that I don't love Birmingham, you know, because what's what's there not to love? I do tend to go somewhere away almost. Well, not every week, but very often just to even see my friends down in Southampton or go to London or, you know, um, other cities and towns where we have my hotels in that I can just go and visit and kind of get away. And it's brilliant to do it during the weekdays. But then definitely there's a world out there for sure. Yes, there's a world out there. Yeah. So one of the first things would be flexibility. The other thing Um, second reason I guess would be the fact that I just spoke about that the career progression the the fact that you can go from the the you know the lowest of the low to highest of the high I guess or the toppest of the top and you know anything is possible and it's it's not even just moving from you know bottom to the top it's also sideways because you can go You know, you find that, oh, this is maybe not the department or the, you know, section of the business that I want to be part of, but maybe I'm better at something else. And you can move all the way across because even people in our hotel and especially the managers on on the top as well that we have they have been part of you know the office jobs but they've been operational and they've tried it all out in different ways um because you have always the sides you know the conference side where you need to talk to the clients and get them booked into the conference rooms or the finance side or whichever so there's many many people that i know especially here in the birmingham hotel that have you know work their way through different departments and then found themselves where they are most comfortable and where where they they know that they can put all of their skills to um to work yeah so and and there's so many people in 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 my company but also through the networking that I've learned from Institute of hospitality and so that they've you know they they started as you know the was dishwash- just washing dishes or just being in you know, reception and now they're general managers or, you know, which whichever way you want to you want to you wanna see it. So 100 yep. percent. And I don't think that's possible everywhere. A lot of um, other sectors and in other industries and not that it's a bad thing, but you would need to go and get another degree to get higher or, you know, you need to learn other things. But it's just and I think in hospitality it is the beauty of the fact that you can learn things on the job. And even the like a kind of admin side of it, you know, getting get, getting into P and L's and stuff like that. Yes, you might not be the greatest at it, but there will be a fi there will be a way to, to get there and somebody can support you on this if you wanna go higher. Yep. And then the final I think well there, As I said, there's so many, but I think one of the other things is just the benefits that come with the hospitality. The fact that you, you know, everything, even if you work in the hotels and you want to go and travel around the world or, or whichever, you can go and do that. There's nothing that holds you back. And if you are part of the bigger hotel groups, like, like, well, I don't know if Juris and Leonardo is the biggest, but it's definitely on an average side and, and we do have hotels across all of the uk and ireland and and also in europe so we get to you know go and experience them and 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 at a very affordable rate for us as well yeah. so again not something that you can 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 do with every industry and and everywhere so and there's so many other things you know the awards that are being done every year across all the world really the the recognition the it's it's just it's it's really good and i it's it's something that definitely motivates you and wants you to get higher and 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 something that wants you to make make a mark and prove yourself to everybody else as well and yeah i think these are the kind of three top three in a nutshell <laughs> yeah
0: perfect yeah well i mean look i i have been wanting to get you on the show for quite some time. Life gets in the way, of course, <laughs> uh, but we got there in the end. I think you're you're absolutely on the path to where well, you're definitely where you should be because, uh, you know, that the hospitality definitely suits you. You seem to resonate with it as well, importantly. And um, no, I wish you continued success and I'll be, uh, we'll maybe get you back in a, a year's time to see
1: yeah, progressing m- maybe indeed Let's uh no pressure but you know <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll try to get there but no thank you so much phil i appreciate Pleasure. that
0: no problem at all and thanks again for your time
1: no problem well thank you for inviting and and have a good day and, and good week ahead
0: you too thanks katarina thank you phil bye 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 bye. and there we have it Caterina has developed an excellent start to her career and has not been afraid to test her comfort zone so far We wish her continued growth and look forward to seeing where her career takes her. We will, of course, be back next Wednesday with another cracking story from hospitality. So until then, thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week.